Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy. And today, Dr. Jenna Cantor is back with a great interview with Dr. Megan Wieser. Megan is a doctor of physical therapy and certified strength and conditioning specialist who received her degree from Widener University. She enjoys working with motivated individuals who take on an active role in their health. She loves working with dancers, athletes, and active adults. And in this episode, she and Jenna discuss something near and dear to both their hearts, and that's dance physical therapy or physical therapy for dancers. So they talk about why Megan became a dance physical therapist, and if you have to be a dancer to treat dancers, is dance a sport? and Megan's recommendations and resources on dance physical therapy. So if you are at all interested in working with dancers, this is the episode for you. A big thanks to Jenna and Megan uh, for recording this episode. Hello, this is Jenna Cantor. I have the pleasure of hosting with Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart, and I get to speak to Megan Weezer today, and we're talking about working as a dance physical therapist. And for those who know me, I am extremely passionate about working with dancers, so this podcast is personally going to be candy for my ears. (laughs) (laughs) So first of all, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Absolutely. (laughs) This is a pleasure. So why did you personally choose to pursue a career working with dancers? So um, I'm still in the process of like ultimately pursuing, but um, I, I like dancers. I obviously I was a dancer. So, um, and I think it's a unique population because they need a certain level of care to get back to things that they're doing. And it's not only just being healthy enough to do something. There's then there's, there's an aesthetic Part of things, yes. Like things need to be done both efficiently and aesthetically in dance, and that's not always the case, right? Right. With every other client that you're seeing, so I like, and I like the. I feel like those clients are also a little bit more puzzling. Like you have to do more figuring out of things and teasing out like what works, what doesn't, or what's painful, what's not painful, and you actually have to like run through dance sequences for them. Like if they have a show coming up or something, which I love doing. It's different, and it's, I mean. With just regular PT, it's different with every client, but I feel like it's especially different with every dancer too, because then you're working with somebody who has a passion for a physical activity, not just. And it changes depending on what the choreography is or what style of dance they do. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have to be very open to that. Right. Yeah. Do you think a person who doesn't have a dance background, do you think they could possibly become a dance physical therapist? Um, Yes and no. Okay. Yes, because. I mean, it really does just come down to like the biomechanics of things. So like if you're, you, it comes down to like assessing movement and what something should look like. And what's like, if you, you're good at looking at movement, you can use, even if you don't know the correct mechanics of something, like you can usually kind of pick something out that looks awkward. You know what I mean? Like it's like, that doesn't look quite right, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like I, I think, I just think it would be a lot more difficult for somebody who doesn't have a dance background. Because you would have to kind of learn. Right. Yeah. 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 And like even just coming down to like the terminology of things and building a relationship with the person. So I remember evaluating um, a dancer on one of my student 
uh, clinical rotations. And she was like, so we do this thing where you go up on your toe and I'm like an arabesque. And they're like, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah. I used to be a dancer. You can use the words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay. So then you build a bond. But I feel like in half of PT is building a relationship with somebody. Yes. So if you can't That's connect true. to them fully on what they love doing and what they're good at, especially with dancers. I mean, like, I wasn't the the crazy, like, competition dancer or anything like that. Like, um, like it wasn't, like, my full life. Like, you know, you see – kids growing up and they're all in dancing started from like age two up and they're competing. They're doing it. Like it's their entire life. And if somebody, and if they get injured or something like sprain their ankle, stress fracture or something like that, and you can't connect to what they do every single day, what they live and breathe, mm-hmm. you're only going to get them so far. Yeah. So that's where the no part of that, part of the answer to that question comes in. Yeah. I think that makes sense. So, that definitely yeah. makes sense. So, in this journey, you're you're doing this transition to work more with dancers. That's your niche. That's what you know. That's your world. Mm-hmm. Have you found that other dance physical therapists have been supportive or not as supportive? And and I'm curious about that journey. Um. So, I I don't have a whole lot of connection with other dance physical therapists. My mm-hmm. one CI was a dance physical therapist, um, and she was great, and she taught me a lot. So, so she was an Irish dancer, so I learned a lot from her. And so when I was working with her, she was getting all the Irish dancing referrals, and I was like, listen, you got to teach me the trade of this because this is like a 180 from what I know because yeah. my background's in like hip-hop, jazz, contemporary, that kind of thing. So um, she's super supportive, and she – she does like dance clinics on the side. She'll do like dancer screens and stuff like that. Um, there is a special interest group part of the APTA too, performing yes. arts. So they're really supportive, I think, with their group. Yes, yes. Um, I haven't run into an issue where I've had no support. So See, that's and that's good. great. I, love that. I specifically yeah. asked for that because it's nice to know that there is a lot of encouragement in this niche as well for those who are interested in getting involved in dance PT or or even just networking within. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah for sure. So why you've started to talk about this, but why is dance physical therapy a specific niche as compared to sports? Okay. So, huh. yeah, right. That's a, that's a loaded question. That's a good question, though. Being, well, it's a loaded yeah. question for those who are wondering. You're, you're probably thinking loaded question because people sometimes say, "Oh, well, dance isn't a sport," and yes. we're like, "Wait, yeah. but we need that same protection because yes. it's still, it's, yeah, yeah." It's just as as athletic as it is artistic. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and depending on you know what type of dance you do or how often you do it and what setting, it you know could be one versus one more than the other. Um, why is it a specific niche? Well, we kind of touched on it a little bit, like yeah. building a rapport with the patient, building a relationship. But you could say um, that's for sports as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I feel like, like this, I mean, you could also say this for sports too. Um, right. I think dance needs to start coming underneath of the umbrella of sports PT in general. Like I think dance therapists needs to need to start looking into like the sports realm of things like that. And, um, but I think there's more with dance because there's um, like the music part of it, nutrition part of it. That's a huge thing. And it's like a life, a lifelong thing for these people. Usually like you don't, it, it can go last to, longer than yeah. like a football player's career. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like most dancers start at a really young age and like I, I did, there was no PTs at my dance studio. The, yeah, we PT were always wasn't getting injured. when I was younger. Yeah. yeah. 
And we were always getting injured. I was constantly pulling muscles and this and that. And they were all just like, stretch, stretch, stretch. And I'm like, I don't think that's my issue. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think building the relationship with the clients and the client's parents is another big thing. Um, I would definitely agree with that tenfold because yeah. that's when you're going to see the dancers and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's when you're going to really see the dancers coming in and when they're younger and as they become professionals, they're more hesitant to come in. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you yeah. know come, depending on where you end up working, yeah. you know, it, it's exactly, it, that could be a big difference between the sport and the dancer. And the dancing. Yep. I would kind of reflect on the injuries that you've seen in your life and um, or personal injuries that you've had and kind of think about what you wish you could have changed or wish you could have had or wish you could have built better at that time that you had the injury. Yeah. Um, just because I think self-reflection is a big way how we kind of present ourselves and take action in life anyway. Yeah. Um, and that goes with anything really. For sure. But um, yeah, definitely. Um, there's a lot of different, I would, there's a lot of different um, resources out there. And you kind of have to dig a little bit, but um, like NeuroTour is the one of the first um, dance companies that I started following, like on social media and all yeah. that. Yeah, um, Getting out on social media, like following social media, seeing what people are doing. Um, I did. I would try to get into a clinical rotation that has a dance population, or some way that you can get that performing arts outlet. Yes. Um, so experience. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Because yeah. yeah. it's 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 different. Like. Um, my very last clinical was at Ohio State University in their performing arts medicine track, which they actually now have a fellowship, which is really cool. That is cool. Yeah. I love that. They're the first ones. Um, and so the first thing I noticed about their PT clinic is they have a little corner where they have a dance, like they have the, the Marley floor and the bar and everything oh, like that. That's great. And that's really great. So, um, so getting out there on social media, checking out what's out there. Cause there's a lot of performing arts therapists and there's a lot of performing arts therapists that don't just deal with dance too. Like there's like ice skaters, stuff like that. Um, gymnasts, that's, that's a performing art. Getting into a clinical rotation or, um, even if not, if it's not rotation, just shadowing, um, somebody who treats dancers cause it's, it's different and it's a different evaluative process too. Um, cause you're constantly looking at like, like for example, turnout, like that can come from any joint in the body. Oh gosh. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It can create all kinds of different uh, compensations and stuff like that. If you don't have experience in dance or feel like you don't have enough experience in dance or don't have a dance background at all, start to learn the terminology, um, Google things, watch choreography, like immerse yourself in the art first, because like I said, like we all learn the human body when it comes down to mechanics you can usually figure that out or work your way through it. But um, immersing yourself in the art and watching performances and stuff like that and picking out what you may think be, um, be an issue or could potentially become an issue, like watching somebody perform a pirouette or an arabesque or something like that and noticing that they're getting all their length from like their back or yeah. something like that. And you understand what their ultimate goal and picture they're trying to. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yes. yes. That's yeah. perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Megan, for coming on. I really appreciate it. And it really is great to get your perspective because you are doing the, in the transition phase. Mm -hmm, and yeah. I think there, there's a lot of value to hearing your voice. Yeah, thanks. So, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. This was awesome. I was so excited. <laughs>
Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.